This is Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our Week 11 edition of the Coordinator's Corner, our weekly BYU football conversation with the Cougars coordinating coaches. Coming up on today's broadcast, we'll look back at BYU's Saturday night setback versus Iowa State and ahead to this Saturday's Senior Day show now with the Sooners of Oklahoma. And we're chatting today with defensive coordinator Jay Hill and offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. BYU now 5-5 five five on the season, 2-5 in the Big 12 after that 45-13 loss to Iowa State Saturday night. Let's start our review with defensive coordinator, safeties coach, and associate head coach Jay Hill. Coach Hill, good to see you as always. Yeah, good to be with you. All right, uh, in your game prep for Iowa State leading up to, where did you see the Cyclones posing perhaps the stiffest challenge you'd face on Saturday? We knew they were going to try to establish the run game. Uh, they had a good, good solid inside run game. Um, that was going to be the key to us in, in stopping them was, you know, getting, forcing them into a bunch of third and longs and stopping the run. So that was really the key to the game. Where did you think your team would be a little better than maybe it turned out being on Saturday defensively? Well, I thought we needed to be a lot better on the edge of our rush defense. Uh, they hit a couple runs outside that really hurt us, especially the one in the second half where I actually thought we were playing better. And that long run in the second half just kind of put the fork in us. And um, that's where we got to improve is on the edge of the defense right now. Okay. Uh, meantime, on the interior of your line, you're a little banged up there, missing some big bodies right now. Well, we are. And uh, I've said this all along, injuries hurt you. You know, right now without John Nelson, without Caden Hawes, uh, th those are some injuries that hurt us in there. Obviously, Ben Bywater in the middle of the defense, we haven't had him for a while. So those injuries hurt you when trying to stop the run, but it's up to the backups and up to us to have the next guys ready to go. Speaking of injuries, it was way back in training camp where you lost Talon Alfrey for, well, the entire season to this point, but he got cleared Saturday and we saw him play a little bit. That's good news. Well, it was huge to have him back in there and we didn't give him a lot of reps. Uh, I, I kind of gauged that coming in. I think working him back in um, intelligently is important for us, but uh, I would suspect that he'll just get more and more playing time as the season continues to go on. Yeah, so do you, do you double a guy's reps from one week to the next, bringing him back, or does it play by ear with, with Well, I think that depends on him a little bit and on how he feels. Um, his preparation is going to be critical. Uh, but, yeah, Talon Alfrey is a good player. We need to get him back on the field. Um, and but it's going to be up to him to you know get those reps back. And speaking with other coaches, maybe you've been through this, and even yourself uh, at other schools, uh, is this a typical rate of attrition for a team by this time of year, or does the Big 12 accelerate the need for greater depth because of the maybe the the, the level of punishment you take in the course of the season? Well, I think both those things is you know the better teams you're playing week in week out, the more injuries that do occur, the the more pounding that occurs, and the more that it exposes your depth. And uh, we've said all along that this is something that we will get better at. The longer we recruit in the Big 12, the more depth that we will obtain. And I don't think this is atypical of any team that makes these jumps up. That, you know, building depth is one of the most critical parts you can have. And you don't just jump right into it with the depth you might want or need two or three or four years from now. Well, and two or three years from now, I promise you, we'll be much better and we'll handle these injuries uh, at a much better rate than we are right now. Let's get into the game itself uh, from Saturday. It began with BYU receiving the football, but one play in, your defense ends up on the field with a quick, sudden change play. And you were having to defend a short field right off the bat. Tough way to start things out. 
Well, it was, and when that happens, respond. Uh, that's actually something that we've been pretty good at this year is holding in these situations teams to field goals. And uh, in this particular situation, we didn't. We gave up a run right here that uh, we should have fit better. And then it gets them down into the range where they throw the easy one in the flat. And, uh, we need to respond better. And then we come back right after this and have to do the same thing on another short field. And we did a phenomenal job of getting out of that second drive. Yeah, on the second drive, uh, it comes after a fumble on the ensuing kickoff. So they take over in the red zone. You did, did hold the Cyclones to a field goal, though. This is a really good red zone team. In fact, they were the only team in the Big 12 that had scored every time in the red zone in conference play. They kept that alive versus you guys, but you did hold them to a field goal after the uh, the kickoff. Got, and they, they kind of, they up-backed it, so it was a, a guy not used to carrying the football necessarily, but... No, yeah. not really. I mean, all the guys that carry the football for our team are expected to carry it the right way, and we coach it that way. Coach Kalani's big on ball security, obviously, but this was huge for the defense to respond the way they did. Those were a couple really good tackles and good hard shots on on their tight end right there but um, this one I was very proud of and how they respond and how we got out of that right back to back short fields but you're down 10 within within four minutes of the game uh, down double digits early is a place unfortunately BYU's been uh, recently lately a lot of playing catch up in league play well and that that just plays with your psyche and the momentum and fighting back uh, we've done that way too often this year uh, I, I will say that there's been games where we've shown some resilience, but I mean that stat shows it right there. We got to be better, uh, and in the Big 12, that is not a recipe for success week in and week out. Well, nice response though from the offense to get right back in it at 10-7. It's a ball game at 10-7. Yeah. Exchange of punts. Then it was a, a five-minute drive by Iowa State. Kind of a methodical drive, only one third down in the possession. Their run game kind of got going. I felt in that second touchdown. Well, it did, but th those were opportunities at 10-7 find a way out of that drive and see if the offense can go down again. And then it was really the next drive after that that really got me frustrated because we had them in three third and longs and opportunities to get out of them with what I felt were good um, calls and, and have people in the right situations. And we just got to make some plays. Um, we got to have our guys ready to go and to handle all these situations. But... Um, yeah, 10-7, it's a ball game, and there's no excuses. Let's get out of these drives and find a way to get us back in it. You alluded to it, that, that drive early in the second quarter you just talked about. There were some chances to get off the field, and it was those third downs, uh, third and five, third and eight, third and ten. I think it was the third and ten where Beck scrambles for 11, it might be the case. We might see some of the third downs here. And uh, it, it was a third downs were tough on Saturday night for BYU. Well, you know, give them credit for their execution right here, but this is one where we actually have the quarterback spied, um, and the spy guy goes the other way but we need to make that play and then right here we actually have two spies on the tight end screen um, so that's where you got to give Iowa State a lot of credit they made some huge plays on third downs um, and that's where we need to do a better job of just making plays and me putting guys in positions to be able to make those plays. Yeah, in that quarter, they actually converted all five of their third down tries, including two on the next possession. It ended in a TD, and BYU was down now 31-7 before halftime. And the last touchdown run, um, really shifty back, by the way, made some guys miss. I thought it was a nice individual effort. We might see this run here by Abu Sama. Um, did a nice job on his own, um, and, and I, think it was, I think he had two 13-yard runs near the end of this drive. Uh, tough before halftime. Well, we got to be great tacklers. And it's something that we emphasize, that we rep, that we work on every day in practice. Uh, I once heard a defender who can't tackle is like a point guard that can't dribble or a shooting guard that can't shoot. And bottom line, we got to be great tacklers. 
uh, we got to continue to rep that and obviously put our players in positions where they're not making tackles in a bunch of open field space. Uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into that run fits and, and doing our part to make sure that guys aren't having tons of grass to cover when they're making tackles. And when they do have to do that, we got to make the tackles. Uh, who's uh, maybe, uh, do you ever come out of a camp and into a season saying, this is a guy that's going to be like my, my best or surest or the guy that, it, that's how you tackle? Who's, a, who's a, like a prototypical, that's a guy that knows how to tackle on your team? Is there someone that jumps out to you in your defense like, that's, that's how you do it, guys? That is a great question. No, I think as a, as a defense as a whole, I think that that's something that we emphasize, we try to be better at. Um, there's been a lot of stages in the year where we've been a good tackling defense. Um, some of the missed tackles in this last game really hurt us. Okay. All right, that's how the game got underway. Let's head to a break. And as we head to break, a reminder to join Dave McCann and former Cougars, Blaine Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow night for a brand new episode of After Further Review. They'll look back at this past Saturday's game against Iowa State and ahead to Oklahoma on Saturday. That's tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV's app or ESPN+. When we come back, we'll close the book on Saturday's game with Iowa State as the coordinator's corner continues, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. A short sprint to the right, pressure in, and he goes down! Rocco Beck is sacked! Back on the coordinator's corner, BYU getting set for senior day already. The Cougars home to Oklahoma this Saturday. Final home game on the Cougs 2023 slate. The regular season will close out one week from Saturday in Stillwater. BYU coming into Saturday's game, coming off of a 45-13 home loss to Iowa State. Taking a final look back at that one with BYU's defensive coordinator, safeties coach, and associate head coach, Jay Hill. Iowa State was uh, playing with a lead for the whole game, but you always want to make the other team earn what it gets. Uh, Iowa State's two second-half TDs both came on quick strike, kind of big plays. Let's see what you saw maybe on both of them. Uh, first, the 66-yard TD from Beck to Null uh, on the Cyclone's second drive of the third quarter. I thought it was very close to an OPI on the edge, but uh, and the slippery surface may have claimed a victim on this one, too. Let's take a look at this play and see what you saw. Bottom line, we need to replace the crack right here by Jacob Robinson. Um, I do think the ball's thrown past the line of scrimmage, so that's an illegal pick, but you can't cry over that. you got to replace it. Um, yeah, it wasn't a screen. It was past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's past the line of scrimmage, so you can't crack on that play. Like, they can't block Eddie right there. Right. Um, but um, it doesn't get called, and we need to do a better job of replacing the crack. Um, we see that every day. We're a man, we're a man defense team. This year, we've actually done a pretty good job of replacing these cracks right here, but that's... Obviously, past the line of scrimmage should, should have been called back. So It turns into an OPI if it's, if it's past the line of scrimmage in that case. Well, yeah. But again, those, those plays occur. We need to do a better job of executing what we do. Um, and maybe the call, uh, that was a pretty aggressive call to stop them on third and one. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, it's 38-13 when they score their final touchdown. There's another big play. Uh, Abu Sama uh, maybe gets a little lost inside and then busted outside. Ethan Slade, I thought, had a slap at him, did what he could on that one, but uh, Sama took it to the house. Well, he does. You know, the safety's got to fill the, the alley right here. Uh, it's more on the edge of the defense. Uh, we need to stay outside with our, our defensive end and our Sam backer right here. That just hits the edge way too fast. Um, and then, again, Slade has an opportunity to make that tackle. We need to make it. He had a really nice game, 24. Uh, Big 12 named him the newcomer of the week today. A good group of backs they have. A nice trio they used throughout the night. Well, they do, and we knew that coming in, that they were going to try to establish the run. They've done a good job running the ball this year. Um, for the most part, we kept them bottled up. That run, those, those two plays in the second half really jumped their yards per attempt on the throw game and in the rushing game. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we held them to like 200 yards in the first half, which is not excessive, but more than we wanted to. It usually, 200 yards does not usually correlate to 31 points. Right. And that's where we've got to be a little bit better getting out of some of those drives when we had opportunities and, and making them earn it a little more than we did. Iowa State came in averaging around, I think, a buck 20 on the ground. They, they ran it for about twice that. Um, stopping the run last few weeks, you've been playing really good teams, mind you, with good running backs. Where's the rush defense maybe from earlier to later part of the season for you right now? Oh, well, I thought we did a good job in the Texas Tech game. I've mentioned this before. We held one of the top running backs in the country to 3.4 yards of carry. And then the next week, the Texas back, who might be the best running back in the country, we held him under 100 yards. And, and then, uh, again, we got to be better. The last couple games, we've been giving up too many rushing yards. Um, in general, for, through, for the season, we've been given up too many rushing yards. We've got to be a little bit more stout inside, do a little bit better job tackling. And um, I mean, those, those, those mistakes that you make in the Big 12 just get accentuated because you're playing such good talent that those running backs, if you give them a little space, you're not going to catch them a lot of times. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Jonathan Brooks uh, lost for the season with an ACL. Yeah, that's too bad, too, because he was truly one of the best running backs in the country. And yeah. um, that, that's too bad. You never want to see that for any player. Well, the game was 45-13 after three. It ends with the same score. Uh, any positives you take from how you guys finished things out on, on Saturday? Yeah, a lot of positives. I went in the huddle and I challenged him at the start of the fourth quarter, like, you guys have to know, and the players have to know this, that you're, you're earning huge points for me moving forward. And what we're becoming a defense and who I'm going to put my trust in, uh, this is going to be critical time. I want to see who will fight, who will claw, who will dig when the game's at a, in, a, in a stage like it was. And I thought they responded well. We put in a bunch of young players to see what they were all about. And I thought that for the most part, they handled it very well and held them scoreless that last uh, quarter. Yeah. And, and, and Iowa State kept their starters in for the majority of the game. Who are some of the young guys you're giving more reps to and wanting to see here late that have impressed you? Well, Ace Kafusi, I thought, did some good things. Sialia uh, Serra did some good things. We played Talon Alfrey a little bit more in that situation. Um, so those guys, uh, Tyler Little played a little bit in this game on defense. We moved him from O-line. Yeah. You know, some of the issues that's occurred with our defensive line, he came in and made some nice plays. Uh, Logan Latui did some good things in this game. So. Anyway, bottom line, there's some guys that are showing that the future's bright. Uh, we've got to continue to get those guys reps, and we've got to continue to get the guys that are getting the majority of the reps right now better at what we're doing. Iowa State was allowing less than a sack per game coming in. Tremendous protection of the quarterback. You did get home once. We saw the Tyler Batty sack earlier. We did, um, and we really had three or four other opportunities that uh, we had to get pressure on this quarterback. Uh, he threw a couple. Uh, balls into coverage that we need to make him pay on, but there were some times that we got pressure on the quarterback. And right now, Tyler Batty leads the, the Big 12 in uh, hits on the quarterback. We need to get more of those to be sacks, not just hits on the quarterback. Because you track hits and pressures in addition to the sacks, and, and you think the sacks maybe should be equating more to what you are doing with hits and pressures. Well, it should be. You know, if we're, if we're just a little bit cleaner, instead of hitting the quarterback, you're getting sacks on him. Um, and, you know, creating more turnovers with, you know, strip sacks or uh, balls fluttering down the field. That's just what we're lacking right now is some of those big plays that we're used to getting. Um, the reality is we got to be a little bit cleaner in what we're doing to, to, you know, to make them so that they are sacks.
Kalani said post game that he's a little concerned that maybe some on the defense may not be, quote, uh, believing in the system and in what we are doing. As someone who knows Kalani, uh, Kalani as well as anyone, what does that mean? What is he meaning and what are you meaning by that, about that belief or, or system, those kinds of things? Well, there's a big difference in defense between, you know, arriving on time and arriving a split second late or second guessing what the what, what your responsibility is and really pulling the trigger and going after what you're seeing. And, you know, I, I think it's easy for players um, to when things are going a little bit bad and it seems like they're spiraling down a little bit to try to make something up. And in an attempt, in a positive attempt to try to make a play, really what they're doing is putting themselves out of position. And we saw that a couple of times in this game where, you know, maybe our linebacker flowed too quickly over the top and they were supposed to play backside in their gap. And they're really in an attempt to make a play, taking themselves out of position. And that's where some of those big plays late in the first half and in the second half occurred is guys trying to do too much. So there's an intent that might be valid or worthy but it's it's maybe counterproductive at times well it's for sure counterproductive and we have great kids at byu we have players that on and off their field uh, off the field handle themselves with dignity in class and try to do things the right way and we coach kids that care and they're kids that quite frankly the fans can be proud of uh, we need to get our guys in position to make more plays um, and do it within the confines of what we're asking them to do and within the scheme of what we're doing. Understood. All right, let's head to a break and tell you that this Saturday, it'll be a Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio beginning, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Mountain for the pregame as the Cougs get set for this early window game in a senior day game against Oklahoma, 10 a.m. kick Mountain time. As we go to break, this reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody. From burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. Coming up next, a final segment with BYU Defensive Coordinator Jay Hill. You're in the Coordinator's Corner. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys and Intermountain Health, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. It is our final segment with BYU defensive coordinator, safeties coach, and associate head coach Jay Hill. The segment presented by Intermountain Health, official medical provider of BYU Athletics. Next week, we'll have all three coordinators on our season finale. Well, at 5-5 five and five on the season, BYU has two more chances to get bowl eligible. The first chance comes this Saturday, home to 14th-ranked Oklahoma. Wrapping things up with BYU's D.C. Jay Hill. Uh, a few weeks ago, you needed one win in five uh, to get bowl eligible. Now you're down to one in two. Uh, postseason qualification, though, it is the prize. Uh, it, two cracks at it here. Well, we do, and we got two really good opponents, but we like our chances. We get the fans out this Saturday, and I, and I, I know they'll come out. We're playing the Sooners. Um, we get them out. We get a lead. We get the crowd going crazy, and uh, who knows what home field advantage can do for us. And our guys will respond. I promise you. They're going to love this game. They're going to love the opportunity. We will have them ready to go. Our schemes are good enough, I promise. Um, we just got to go execute. You go from the late window game to the early window game, something yep. new for BYU. Well, it's been a long time since I planted, played a 10 a.m. 10 game, and uh, even the players, I don't think any of these players have played a 10 a.m. game. So it'll be fun. It'll be a different atmosphere, um, but one that we should relish and hopefully go play great in. And for OU, meantime, that's kind of a standard thing for them. They play that 11 a.m. Central time window quite a bit. Well, they're used to it, right? I think it's someone said it's the sixth time, right, that they've had it this year. So... Uh, they'll be used to it. It'll be new for us, but heck yeah, let's go. 
All right, early look at the Oklahoma offense. Uh, top 10 team in scoring, passing, third downs, turnover margin. They're ranked 14th for a lot of good reasons. Well, the offense is great. Uh, Gabriel's a great quarterback. He's done a phenomenal job throwing it this year. They've got three very talented running backs, if not more than that. But I think the offensive line has done a really good job this year. We have our work cut out for us, uh, but I like the matchup and I like the challenge because um, if, if you're a competitor, this is exactly what you want. They missed their starting right tackle last week. We'll see if he's back in this week. Uh, Dylan Gabriel accounted for eight touchdowns in the West Virginia game, five passing, three rushing. Yeah, no, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, early on, he was in the Heisman race with a, lot of, with a lot of publications and stuff. Not sure if he still is, but he definitely deserves to be mentioned in that because he's had a phenomenal year. So one week, OU is losing to OSU who goes and loses in turn to UCF yeah. the next week, who'd already lost to Baylor, who's not going to be bowl eligible. Week to week, you just don't know. This league continues to surprise us. Well, the league is talented top to bottom. There's no, like, what they call bottom feeders. There's no team that when you go up against them, you think, oh, this is an easy win. There's no such thing in the Big 12. Every team can get you. You better be ready to play every week. There's great talent in this league on both sides of the ball. And that's, that's what we're finding right now, is you better be ready to go each week. You can't afford to turn it over, and you can't afford to play with the deficit where the opposing quarterback just gets to sit back there and play without pressure on him. How, how much perspective do you gain from the Utah perspective of G5 to P5 to what you bring to the table now? Well, I gain a lot of perspective in that, and so does Kalani and A-Rod. We went through those years when, when Utah went from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, and the years we stayed healthy, you can hang in there and battle with guys. And when we got beat up, it was hard, and those were the years we went 5-7 and seven and 5-7. and seven. And that, that, that's what occurs is we need to continue to bolster the roster. We need to continue to get guys to believe in exactly what we're doing. We need to continue to put the players in the best positions to make um, plays. Uh, but is it something that we're not used to? No, we've been through it before. I went through it at Weber State, where when I first got there, we weren't good enough week in and week out. And then each week or each year, we got better and better and then had four seasons that were the best seasons in school history, back to back to back to back. And at the end, we were the most talented team every week. I never went into a game thinking, oh, we got to play perfect this week or we got to play good. We, we were the better team that had to just go in there and play clean. And um, that, that's where we'll get, I promise. We'll get to the point where when we go in, we play clean, we'll win. What, what's a general thing that you want to share with your group as you start your work week ahead of the Oklahoma game this week? It just do what you're supposed to do. I mean, co college football is not that complicated. If we go in there, take care of the football, execute our assignments well, we'll be right in it where we need to be. And uh, you can't make things up in these big games. You got to go in, do what you do, execute well. Uh, they're going to have great players. You can't let that surprise us. They're going to come out of the tunnel. They're going to look good. They're going to have good players. We need to go in there and fight them and, and be toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. Uh, every step of the way. And if we do, make them pucker at the end and let the crowd take over. And that's exactly what we want. It's your first BYU senior day coming yeah. up this Saturday as well, which will be a special experience. Well, and I can't wait. And we have phenomenal seniors that I'm so proud of. They've accomplished so much. They've won a lot of football games when they've been here. They've given me everything they've got since I got here. And I'm proud of those guys. I love those guys. And we need to go out and get a huge win for them on senior night. That would be super special for them. What time's everyone's wake-up call Saturday, do you think? <laughs> it's early. <laughs> uh, we have to be at the stadium by, like, 8 a.m. And so, you know, to, to get your pregame meal in and get your last little tips and reminders done, we'll probably be waking them up just shortly after 6 or so. All right.
I always enjoy chatting with you, and yeah. we'll do it again one more, one more time next okay. week. Thank okay, you, Okay, look forward to it. All right, tomorrow night, join us for BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. And tomorrow night's show, yes, it's our always enjoyable combo show. BYU head basketball coach Mark Pope will join Kalani in Studio C. Watch tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, on the BYU TV app or on ESPN+. Coming up next, we'll welcome in BYU's offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. As the coordinator's corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. for the end zone, and JoJo with the TD! JoJo Phillips! All right, so you're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU coming off a 45-13 home loss to Iowa State on Saturday night. Drops BYU to 5-5 five five on the season, 2-5 in the Big 12. Iowa State gets bowl eligible with that victory. BYU still looking for its next win that comes with it to postseason qualification. This Saturday, it's BYU home to 14th-ranked Oklahoma. First ever meeting between these two teams in Provo. The two previous meetings happening on neutral fields. Our second half hour getting underway now with BYU offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Coach, good to see you once again. Good to be here. Let's start with the uh, quarterback. Uh, during West Virginia week, uh, you made the switch to Jake Retzloff. Uh, you announced early in Iowa State week that Jake would get the start again. Uh, where's Keaton Slovis in regards to his readiness while Jake plays? Uh, Keaton is progressing. Um, he's not fully healthy yet, though, so um, not sure exactly what his status will be as of yet. But uh, he's, I, know, I know for sure he's not 100%. Okay, so right now Jake's preparing as it's if it's his job for the foreseeable future. I would I would expect that, yes. Okay, uh, when did uh, Keaton actually maybe get hurt to the to the extent where it began to really affect his ability to do what you wanted him to do? He was already dealing with a couple of uh, things, and then in the Texas game, he, he had an injury in that game. Uh, that is the one that's really keeping him out right now. Okay, uh, you're trying to win games in this season uh, first and foremost, but you're also getting a look at your quarterback situation moving forward too, like next season. Uh, with another offseason of development, uh, could Jake Retzloff be a guy you're looking at in week one next year, let's say? Could be, yeah. And I think that's why these, these uh, reps that he's getting right now are really important. You know, and and um, we're finding out a lot about him and uh, still believe in him very much. And um, But would like to you know, see if we can play a little better this week. I, this, this was not – I thought he did a nice job in the West Virginia game. And then this week uh, probably wasn't his best. But, um, you know, it's second start going against really good defenses so you need to give him time I think thinking about Zach how Zach played well in his first start and I think the next week we I think we scored three points the next week and and uh, you know he, it takes time so you need some time was that first start the Hawaii game it was yeah, it? yeah. I, if I'm remembering correctly you know and he just lit it up and then the yeah. next week we played a really tough defense and didn't go so well and then it was an up and down for a little while and until he until he uh, obviously became the great player that he is. Backtracking a little bit on the quarterback um, acquisition chronology, you'd already had Keaton Slovis committed when you got Jake. Is that the way it worked? Or you were into both at the same time? We were kind of in them both at the same time. I can't remember exactly how it shook out. I think we got Keaton committed, and then and then I think Jake, uh, yeah, got him in. I'm not, I'm not 100% yeah. sure, but we were recruiting both of them at the same time. But Jake saw an opportunity to, to work behind Keaton, let's say, and then prepare himself for what's to come then. Yeah, Jake wanted to be here well before we actually got him on board. I mean, mm. probably probably a full year before we were trying to get him. Well, yeah. Let, let's get into Iowa State a little bit. Uh, we already knew it was Jake Retzloff's game at quarterback. Uh, Cody Epps, though, did come back. We yep. saw him go out against West Virginia, but he came back. Keanu Hill got a few reps. Yep. Um, no Darius Lassiter in this game, so kind of a revolving door at wideout this season for you. Yeah, we're just trying to, you know, it's part of the deal. This conference is physical. They're going to have injuries. Everybody has them, and you can't make excuses. You just have to get guys ready to play, and 
I thought Cody did a good job for us. He had a, he had a solid game, and um, uh, it was good to have Keanu back on the field. And I expect him to be able to have more of an impact as we go forward. He's you know just barely getting back. I think he played 10 or 15 snaps, but we're hoping he can play more in the future. How about uh, Darius? Uh, Darius, uh, yeah, we didn't have him. We're hoping to get him back soon, though. Okay. You got L.J. Martin uh, back and playing yes. at running back. Uh, Paul Miley at left guard. Some important pieces there for you. Yes, and Paul played a solid game, and it was really nice to have L.J. back. I thought he did some good things as well. We, um, The run game was a bright spot. We, it was. We, we made some progress there. We'll get into that in a bit. Iowa State won the coin toss, deferred. You got the ball first, but... Man, first play from scrimmage. Uh, Jake has Isaac Rex on the underneath flat, it looks. What does he see? Because the ball didn't go there. Yeah, that was an extremely disappointing way to start the game. Um, and Jake, he'll be the first one to tell you he just made it. He made a huge mistake. We, the ball should go to Isaac. That was the, you know, that was the, the first read. And uh, I think Jake just got a little excited. He's, you know, he's, he's a good, good thrower, and he wanted to fit, fit that second level throw in. But the ball there should go to Isaac for sure. That was a tough way to start. So a short field score for Iowa State after this. Uh, BYU then fumbles the ensuing kickoff, and man, you're down double digits early. And, and unfortunately, double digits early down has kind of been a recurring theme lately. Yeah, you can't spot a team as good as those guys 10 points. I mean, they, they, they're one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, they've been the top defense in the Big, Big 12 for the last three years, and now you're down 10 nothing. But you've only run one play on offense. Uh, it's not a good formula for winning the game. But trailing 10 nothing, you put together a really great drive. Seven plays, 75 yards, less than three minutes off the clock. Only one pass on the drive. This was Aiden Robbins on the ground. It was Jake Retzloff on the ground. Yeah, uh, it was a good drive. It was thought it was a good answer considering the circumstances. And um, our players have been resilient. I mean, we, uh, we, you know, not happy with the result overall, but I thought our guys battled, and that was an excellent drive. We got a run game going. Uh, Aiden Robbins is really playing good football for us right now, and uh, you know, Jake and the QB run game has kind of helped us open some things up. Yeah, Aiden's uh, Aiden's best game, you think? Yes, it yeah. was, and. Um, He's been playing well the last few weeks, but I thought thought he, you know, did. He's starting to be the guy we expected him to be. And then we saw how the drive ends there. Uh, the JoJo Phillips touchdown. His first touch, his first catch as a Cougar is a touchdown catch. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about JoJo. Well, that'll be the first of many, I believe. I mean, he's he's um, one of the most talented guys in our program. And uh, if you're looking for young wide receivers, he fits the mold of everything we're looking for. He's long, he's fast, uh, he's a, got really great character, he's tough, and just a good all-around athlete. Could we see more of him as uh, these last couple games go yes, in the regular we're, season? We're uh, trying to bring him along and you know force feed him reps because we think he's going to be one of our best players in the future. Okay. Uh, by the way, speaking of the future, uh, Darius Lassiter, uh, Keelan Marion, who came, uh, do they have eligibility for next year moving yes, forward? Yeah. Uh, yes. We expect both of them to be back. Chase Roberts. Yeah. Jojo. I mean, you yeah, got, you it's, got it's some It's a good people? group. I think yeah. one of the, one of the, you know, bright, bright spots of, of our current situation is how many young guys are playing a lot of football and some of them are up and down. They flash here and then, and then maybe disappoint there. But that's the process you go through as you develop these guys, and, and especially against a, a schedule as tough as the one we're playing. You're down 24-7 in the second quarter. You went to the air a little more, uh, maybe understandably. Um, but at, at halftime, you had only seven passes and only 22 plays. 22 snaps is not a lot for a half of football. No, it's not. But our, um, first of all, I thought they, they did a good job keeping us off the field. And then, um, you know, we were running the ball pretty well there early. And then the score got to the point where you, right. you have to throw. I mean, you can keep running 
if you want to just uh, you know preserve your dignity or whatever. But if you're actually trying to win the game, you have to throw. And so that was unfortunate because the run game was finally you know after after not clicking much this year, it was clicking and it was looking good. But because due to time you know time restrictions there, we had to throw to try to stay in the game and. Um, just did not throw it effectively enough to to be able to stay with them. Yeah, what did you target maybe in terms of halftime adjustments going in down big there? Well, just, yeah, I mean, basically the, the thing was, well, the run game's working, so we'll try to mix it in, but we have to throw if we want to have any chance at winning. And so, uh, and, and, you know, if you just surrender, you know, then you're, I, you can't. You have to do what you do. You have to right. do what you can to try to win. And so that was... Uh, you know, again, we had some good runs in that second half, but you have to throw in that situation. Absolutely. Uh, we'll take a break. You can get ready for BYU and Oklahoma this Saturday with BYU Sports Nation Game Day's expanded pregame coverage starting two hours before kickoff at 10 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV. When we come back, OC Aaron Roderick takes us through our review of BYU and Iowa State. We wrap it up as the coordinator's corner continues. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more after this. Coordinator's Corner on BYU-TV is brought to you by JCW's, The Burger Boys, Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years, and by Smith's, low prices, market fresh. Welcome back to the Coordinator's Corner, visiting with BYU's offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. BYU now 5-5 five five on the season. 2-5 in the Big 12 after a 45-13 home loss to Iowa State Saturday night. Iowa State gets bowl eligible with the victory this Saturday in Provo. BYU hosting 14th-ranked Oklahoma, 10 a.m. Mountain Time kick at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. On that note, the 10 a.m. kick is unusual for BYU, whether it's at home or on, 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 on the road. Um, Oklahoma's more used to it. How do you guys plan to deal with that time change this week? Yeah, we have to change up our routine a little bit. Uh, the first thing is we're going to ask our players to go to bed 10 o'clock every night this week uh, just to get used to it. If you wait till Friday night to you know, go to bed early, then your body won't adjust. So, uh, And then we have some plans to you know, just move things up a little bit with our normal routine uh, just to try to be ready to play early. It'll be a unique atmosphere, though, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Home crowd arriving in the early morning hours for a game. It will. It will be unique. One other thing, though, is our players are up early a lot for workouts. So... It's not super foreign to them to be up ready for a workout. So we're hoping that that will help have some carryover to the game. Let's get back into the ISU game for a bit for a couple of uh, closing points. You were down 31-7 at the break. You did score to open the second half. Um, first drive with a touchdown to open the second half since I think your Cincy game. And the last three plays in this drive all were passes to Isaac Rex. And the last one uh, came off a jet give that uh, turned into a throw to the tight end. I think we'll maybe see some of these plays as Isaac Rex was a target at the tail end of this drive. It gets you in the end zone. Yeah, Isaac's been a good player for us for four years and um, really happy for him to, uh, you know, he, he was one of the bright spots in the game. I thought he played well and um, he's healthier right now than he's been at this point in the season the last couple years and um, just really appreciate him. And then this play from Parker. Yeah, we've been we've been, we've had this play in the game plan for a few weeks and just been waiting for the right time to call it. You got to be on the right hash and the right situation, and uh, so the time was right and we dialed it up. And uh, Parker made an excellent throw, and uh, all the guys executed the play exactly as we practiced it. Uh, Parker's killing it with a pass efficiency rating this season, isn't he? He is a good thrower. <laughs> I mean, he, he was a he's very good high school quarterback, and he's Roy a, High he's, School. He's a weapon because he can throw on the run, 
and um, he's left-handed, which I think is a little more deceptive as well. And with that touchdown, Isaac Rex becomes a record holder. Has the record now for tight end touchdown catches at BYU 23. Yeah, I'm really, really happy for him and proud of him, and uh, just it's been a joy to coach him. Uh, Isaac told us in the postgame that he'll he'll at least walk in the senior day uh, 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 program this weekend. He's I think he's a fourth year junior is what he is, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah, and I, I it, you know, whatever he wants to do, we, we're going to support him. He's been done done. He sacrificed a lot for our program. Uh, played injured. Um, just been a been a great teammate and, and a, a joy to coach. Case, you got to 13 on that touchdown. You went for two, um, and, and we haven't seen a ton of two-point plays uh, for BYU this year. Let's maybe take a look at the two-point play, where it was supposed to go. I thought maybe the slippery turf, which was kind of a problem, throughout, I thought that maybe caught Jake right there a little bit. Yeah, the turf was, I mean, shoot, I don't want to, after you know not playing as well as we'd like, you don't want to make any excuses, but the turf was tough. We had a tough time on that field. Um, both teams did, but... Um, Anyway, the, the, we had a play there to go to Isaac again, and um, they did a good job kind of shutting it down. So we went to our second option, but Jake slipped. I think if he wouldn't have slipped, we would have had a chance to get the ball there. Yeah. But, when did you start thinking, man, guys are sliding around out there? Pre-game warm-ups, yeah. Really? Yeah, I saw it in pre-game. And, so um, when, that, when you see that, are you going, we gotta, we got to make a change? Do you, can you make a change? Is it a cleat thing? What, what happens then? Yeah, um, it's... Well, <laughs> Could be cleats, you know. We're, we're we're working through some things this week to see what we can do. Okay, but yeah, but it was it was definitely something. It was like this was not normal. It was not normal. Yeah, guys yeah. were slipping more than usual in pregame. Yeah. So um, down 38, uh, 13. Uh, uh, ultimately, 45, 13 is your final. You were going to go on some fourth downs. Clearly, you had to as the game went along. Sure. I mean, you got to you got, you have to keep playing to win. And even if even if it feels like it's out of reach, you know, we're never going to just surrender and accept it. We're gonna we got to compete all the way to the end. Um, the result was not what, what we wanted, but I felt like our players fought all the way to the final final play. And you were in the red zone. I think it was a third and one for Ray um, on a tight end jet. I, I was, yeah, I was, and again, the, the grass, we had a slip there. I mean, we, we had the play exactly as we wanted, blocked up. Ray's going to get the first down easy, if not a touchdown. And his, oh, feet, just, his feet just go out from under him right there. But we've got it. You can see that we've got the crack block happening right here, and he's going to go right through <sighs> that crease. And... Uh, got Kingsley leading him into the end zone but um, unfortunate that we went backwards a couple yards there and um, and then the fourth down play you cut you, it comes up just short on the sideline uh, I think Jake runs out well he's got LJ on the sideline but he's just he's just right there yeah and we need that on that one we just need LJ to know where the first down marker is and just angle his route up just half a yard more if he just if he just knows where that marker is and just runs right at the marker you catch it and put the ball you know right right there and that's uh, He'll learn that with experience. Unfortunately, it's a tough way to learn that lesson, but um, yeah. thought we executed the play well. He just got to aim up right there. You can see he's pulling up just a little bit short of that marker. And again, the frustrating thing is the third down play was there to convert. Correct. That was, yeah. that was that, super disappointing. And um, yeah. Yeah. So one for 11 on third downs that night. Um, BYU's been, I mean, you've been with this team long enough. You're always low to high 40s. Like, like that's the yeah. range of third down percentage and, and BYU's in the high 20s right now. It's been a weird year that way. It has. And it, it it, the reason for it is we're in third and long way too much. And in the past, our average third down is usually, you know, somewhere in third and medium. And then if you're third and medium, you're going to be, you're going to be converting at a high rate. If you're always third and long, it's not going to happen. Closer to third and eight this year on the average, right? Too high for you. Yeah. We saw L.J. Martin for the first time on the final play of the first half. Saw more of him after halftime. 
I think he ended up with a really good night. Seven yards of carry, looked good. How are you managing him right now? Um, he's full go now. I mean, this was the first game we felt like, okay, he can just go. And uh, it just happens to be that Aiden's playing really well right now too, so kind of mixing them both in. But yeah, there's no, no restrictions on LJ right now. Okay, that's actually a good thing now. Down the stretch, you've got uh, two backs playing. Well, Aiden's playing his best, and now LJ's back to, yeah, to where he should be. Those two guys are a bright spot, in, in, uh, you know, and they both have a really bright future. And it was BYU's best rushing game this season, 188 rushing yards. Uh, Aiden Robbins ran it well. Jake Retzloff was actually the leading ground gainer on the night. Um, he'll give you positive yardage. So that's a positive thing, too, is that it's coming along here. It's late in the season, but it's coming along. Yeah, that was the one bright spot I think really we can build on is um, you know, our run game is improving. I've seen a little, little bit of improvement the last couple games and um, just really happy with the way uh, LJ and Aiden ran. In the Iowa State game, it ended up being a scoreless uh, fourth quarter. Final score was 45-13. You're, you're not able to necessarily call the game you want when you're dealing with these large deficits that you have been the last few weeks, is it, have you? No, you can't. I mean, the, you know, what we've been, what we've done well in the past is run the ball, play action pass. That's where we get those wide open receivers and the big explosive plays. And most of our screen game in the past has been really good. Most of that's been play action stuff off of our run game. And uh, with these, you know, the way we, the score's gotten out of hand the last two weeks, you just get into a drop back pass fest where you're just surprising them with a run once in a while. And that is not uh, the best way to win football games. If you're just throwing from the pocket as much as we've been doing the last two games, good chance something bad can happen and just a ball is going to get tipped uh, you know someone's going to slip you know uh, uh, you're going to get beaten pass protection and we need to avoid that formula we got to get back to to our brand of football okay as the QB coach you've had two starts with Jake Ratzloff how do you assess his first two weeks overall I thought he played really well in the first game and I've, I was pretty blunt with him about the second game I didn't think he played nearly as well in the second game um, and uh, however it's two starts against two really good teams, so it's not time to overreact. We're just gonna uh, keep working and uh, keep working to get better. I think Jake has a lot of really good qualities and has a chance to be a really good player. I've had only one conversation with him and it came in a post-game interview after the West Virginia game, but those 10 minutes were impressive to me. It was after a tough game, but uh, he said a lot of the things I thought came from his heart that shows a guy that's just a, a winner at quarterback. He's a great competitor, and he has a lot of lot of qualities you look for in a quarterback, leadership qualities, and um, now we just got to keep working to get better and uh, for him to play better and for the 10 guys around him to play better as well. Okay, let's take a look at your offensive player of the game from the Iowa State game, and it was a guy you said is coming along and showing his best play at running back in Aiden Robbins. Yeah, I thought Aiden gave us a spark. He broke some tackles. You know, that's, that's what we need him to do is break tackles. Um, and then uh, I thought I, I will add Kingsley also has played really well the last two games. We thought about making putting Kingsley up there too. I mean, he's played his two best games of the season the last two weeks, even though it might not be obvious in the, in the score. Have the NFL guys been around looking at Kingsley all year pretty much? Yeah, pretty much every day. What do you think? Uh, is, it, is it easy to project or hard to project at his position? I've, lear I've learned not to try to project, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you can't but I do think he'll be a good player. Next level attributes, right? Yes, yes yeah. for sure. Okay, time again for a break. And as we step away, we remind you that your Cougar Sports day-to-day play-by-play is on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up in our final segment of this week's show, Coach Roderick helps us look ahead to Saturday's game with the Sooners. The Coordinator's Corner is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back after this. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by 
JCW's The Burger Boys. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Welcome back. This Saturday, BYU and Oklahoma meeting for the third time all-time. BYU 2-0 against the Sooners. Wins in 1994 and 2009. The former game in the Copper Bowl down in Tucson. The latter in Arlington. That memorable 14-13 win. So two neutral field wins for the Cougars over OU all-time. Saturday's game will be the final Big 12 away game that Oklahoma ever plays. And it's an early kick for Senior Day at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Looking ahead to the weekend with BYU's offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. You already mentioned that uh, uh, news is good uh, or better regarding Darius Lasseter. Could we see him against Oklahoma this weekend? Hope so. I'm not sure yet, but I hope so. And then how much do you need to see from Keaton Slovis till he becomes back in the mix for you at quarterback? We, we need him to be 100%. I just I don't feel good about putting a guy, putting him back out there if he's not 100%. Um, you know, we're sort of at the tail end of his career. And if he's 100%, then, yeah, we'll talk about it. But uh, putting him out there in a situation like playing against a defense like Oklahoma, I don't think that's fair to him, uh, not fair to our team. I, so if he can get back to all the way 100%, then, yeah, then there's a conversation there. But, How, how's Keaton in the quarterback room right now when you're going through the stuff? He's awesome. He's a great teammate. Um, He's a great, you know, resource for Jake, um, and he gives us input on things he sees too from that position. Um, but yeah, he's been awesome. We should also note that uh, Cade Fennigan remains the backup right now to to Jake Retzloff, right? Yeah, Jake and maybe Keaton. We'll see what his availability is. But right I mean, now. If, if Keaton's out of the mix, yeah. it's Cade right yeah, now Cade, backing up. Cade's the next guy up. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, who who else is in the quarterback room right now for BYU? Nick Billups. He's in there, and he's been. Uh, he gets a few reps. We've been kind of bringing him along, and uh, Nick's a good player. He can. He's a super athlete and a good good passer, and um, he's made a lot of progress in the last couple of years. Okay. Uh, the Oklahoma defense, uh, they lead the nation in picks right now with 17 interceptions, so obviously really good against the pass. Uh, great on third downs, uh, excellent in the red zone. It's a solid, solid defense. Very good defense. Um, they do a lot of things. I mean, I don't know how they practice everything they do. They're very very good and um, like you said they, they intercept the ball they've, they've uh, done a great job of taking it away from people. BYU's done a nice job taking it away from people as well and, and again some of those things that have kept BYU in games you just want to see again on Saturday which is good in the red zone hopefully good in field position and, and be good uh, with uh, with turnover margin. Correct I mean turnover margin is always number one if you, you know and uh, the games we've won this year we've we've been on the on the positive side of that. Okay, uh, this bowl eligibility question uh, gets more intriguing week by week, obviously. You have two cracks to find one win to play in the postseason. How much of a driver is that right now for your team? Oh, it's huge. I mean, everybody wants it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's big just for the, first of all, for the players, just a reward for the players. But it's big for our program as well just to, uh, you know, it's almost like an extra spring ball. You get, you get almost as many practices as you, as you do in spring ball to develop younger players and, and uh, just keep, you know, keep working. Okay, it's a senior day as well. Uh, who are some seniors you'll be missing next year at this time? I mean, all of them. I mean, we, this, we've had we've won a lot of games with these guys, um, and uh, you know, just we are, like already mentioned Isaac. You know, the, all the things we've been through together. Uh, you know, and he, he's been that's that's one guy that I'll miss. And but I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, right. I just appreciate all of them. And uh, yeah. We should note that Keaton came in with just one year to play, right? So he's yeah. one of the guys that will, this sure. will be his senior Keaton, season. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate him coming in here and giving, giving us his best. And um, all those guys, of the seniors in this program have won a lot of games against uh, the really toughest schedules in, in school history. I right. mean, this is, this is, 
this is real, you know, Big 12 football. This is the real deal. And and uh, even last last couple of years, those two schedules were pretty tough. And yep. we appreciate these guys giving us their best in these big games. And we appreciate you uh, joining us in here. We'll do it again next week, Coach, for the season finale. Thanks. Thank you, Aaron. Yep, thank All you. right, that'll do it for week 11 of the Coordinator's Corner for Coaches Hill and Roderick and our entire crew. My name is Greg Rubel. We'll see you next week. Go Cougs. Have a great week.